0: Have the Kansas City Royals made the right choice in standing pat this season in the offseason? Should they have been more aggressive? Should they continue to go out and add? We'll talk about the offseason so far for the Kansas City Royals coming up on today's Locked On Royals podcast the Locked On Podcast Network. It is your teams every day. You are locked on Royals. Your daily Kansas City Royals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, hey, hey! Going on the Locked On. Royals Podcast on Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, LockdownRoyals at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the offseason so far for Kansas City, Should the Royals have stood pat as they did without making any sort of splashy moves uh, throughout this offseason? Was that the right move or the wrong move? And should the Royals be more aggressive as we round closer to spring training and round closer to the season? One of the shortest offseasons in all sports is the Major League Baseball offseason. We're almost there already. It will not be long until... Pitchers and catchers report to Surprise and they play their little spring training session in the Cactus League in Surprise, Arizona. And they return to Kauffman Stadium for another summer of baseball. So the question is, has this offseason been a success? And for me, I think that the offseason has been a success. And that might surprise people because of the lack of moves. But if you think back to what we were saying all last season, all last season we were discussing, you know, this team has a ton of young talent. This team needs to play their young guys more. The manager is the problem. The general manager is the problem. They need more pitching. Those were the big complaints. Play the young players more. Get more pitching. Get the manager out of there. Get the general manager out of there. And you fast forward to the offseason. You surprisingly saw Dayton Moore go the way of the Dodo bird. I did not think that the Royals would have the, you know, fortitude to remove Dayton Moore from office, despite how they want to present it. They removed him from office. That was a... Automatic win for the offseason. Dayton Moore is a terrible baseball executive. He can build a bullpen. He can do great things in the community. He can be a great person, but he can't build sustained winners, especially not in a small market. So getting him out of there was an incredible success and was the first time that the ownership group, this new ownership group, made a decision for themselves, made a decision that I think will help this team win. And then... They fire the manager. Obviously, they did that before, but they fire the manager. So this old school who tried his best to to become new school but just could not get there, and Mike Matheny, he's now gone. And it was not just the fact that you fired Dayton Moore. You fired Mike Matheny. And with that, you fired the pitching coach who everybody hated. But it's who you brought in. You're bringing in a manager from the Tampa Bay Rays, from an organization that I think that the Royals should emulate. And I've been saying that for three years right here on this podcast. Like, they need to emulate the Rays organization. Teams like the Rays and the Guardians, that's the only way that you win in small market baseball. So when you lay all that out, everyone hated the pitching coach, everybody hated the GM, everybody hated the manager. Boom, they're all gone. That's automatically a win in the offseason. Then you hire a manager. It'll be tough to, you know, give him a grade before he actually manages a ball game. But on paper, he comes from a really good program in Tampa Bay, from a good staff with Kevin Cash, and should understand the nuances of new age baseball and how to create an edge in a small market with less talented players. Let's admit it, you know. You have the less sought-after, less talented players in small markets because you're not going to go sign the guy that's worth $500 million. You're just not. Never will. Never have. Never can. And so you've got to scrape by, quote-unquote, with the misfits, quote-unquote, of baseball and figure out a way to maximize every single player. The Rays did a heck of a job of that. Going to a World Series in 2020, always performing well in an incredibly tough AL East, one of the one of the absolute you know, toughest divisions in all of baseball. So whenever I look at this offseason, that would have been enough. Because it's hypocritical if we sat here all last year to say, well, look, you know, Mike me." Broom over the you know young players of you know Vinny Bascantino and and you know Nick Prado. Whenever you then hire a manager who is going to maximize your young players, who is going to put them in a position to succeed and put them in a position to just simply play every day like that alone is a huge win. Then you balance that out with, okay, you sign Jordan Lyles. Okay. You sign Ryan Yarborough. We dove into those two players specifically in the last podcast, but let's do it again real quick on this show. And then also talk about the baseball off season by and large, which I thought has been phenomenal and should be a mold that baseball follows from now on. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends, and action from every professional sports and amateur league out there—from pro football to college bowl season, baseball, the World Cup, basketball, the World Baseball Classic—even they've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you love sports podcasts, you could even find those at BetOnline as well. Also, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your betting action. So, head over right now to the website or you use your mobile device to check it out. But, online where the game starts, my personal favorite is the different funny bets you can make. I use funny as a relative term, it's, it's a loose term. Uh, but you can also bet on the straight up spread, right? The, the Jaguars and Chargers playing in Jacksonville on Saturday, Jaguars are plus two. That's fine and well. But I like the more interesting futures, like, you know, the Super Bowl future. The Chiefs are the favorite to win the Super Bowl at three, at a plus 340. But also you look at these game props and you see that the uh, game prop for the first quarter, right? Well, the Bengals lead by seven or more points at the end of the first quarter. That's the uh, favorite right now at plus 7, at plus 175. Like, I like that kind of stuff and even the NFL draft specials where it says, First overall pick in the NFL draft next year will be Bryce Young. He's the favorite at minus 110. So you can go bet on everything from real games to spreads, over-unders, prop bets, all that fun stuff over at Online. BetOnline. Online, where the game starts. We're back on the Lockdown Royals Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team's every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Royals. Email the show, Lockdown Royals at Gmail.com on today's show. We're talking about the offseason. Was it a success? Was it what the Royals should have anticipated? And how the Royals can get better from here. So we went over all the in-house stuff that they did. Right. New manager, new GM, new pitching coach, new staff, and a couple new players. Of those new players, it addresses what? Pitching. You, you've gotten guys that now can eat innings. Jordan Lyles is a professional, is a veteran that can, eat innings, that can eat innings and help your really young pitching staff get over the hump. Perfect. Okay. Then you add in Ryan Yarbrough, who's still a youngish player, who has a relationship with your new manager, and who fits the new age of baseball, who can be an opener, who can be a piggyback guy, who can be a straight-up starter. And I'm sure it could come out of the pin and mail relief as well if he had to. Like, he can do it all. So, you've you got a new age guy. You've got a pure innings eater. You've got a new manager. You've got a GM. And you've got a new pitching coach. That is all an A-plus since we spent the entire last season beating the drum of just let the kids play. Of just roll the ball out there and let MJ Melendez play. Bobby Witt Jr., Vinny Pascantino, Nick Prado... Let them play. Since we did that all last season, now it's time to put the money where the mouth is. Let them play. Go let Brady Singer th- take the ball every fifth day. Go let Daniel Lynch, Jackson, and Co. Or Brad Keller, all of them take the ball every fifth day. Like hey, It's time to go. Of course, Rob is 31 years old, which is sneaky old for him. Like He does not feel like that old of a player, uh, but still, he's very old, so we want to quickly correct that as well. But nonetheless... You got everything you wanted. If you're a Royals fan and this off season, do not fit your expectations. I would love to know why I'd love to hear you on the email, locked I'd love to hear you on the YouTube comment section. I'd love to hear you on Twitter at lockdown Royals. What, what left you wanting more from this off season? Because you knew you were not in the hunt for Aaron judge. You were not in the hunt for any of these prize free agents. And you knew that this team was still a couple steps away from competing, so you're not going to get any of the, you know, above-average arms you want to cling on to one more year. You look like one-year deal, two-year two year deal with a actual, you know, winning organization. So what else could you have asked for? What else could you have wanted? What else could you have longed for from this offseason? I think that this is a, an A+. Plus. I think that it checks all the boxes. I think that this is the rare time where even if you tried your hardest, you couldn't think of a way to complain about it. Now there are going to be people that can com- complain about anything, so I shouldn't say that. People will find a way to complain. But in general, I don't see how. And you know, you know if you listen to this podcast before that I typically am seen as more of a negative person that covers this team and most of the time this team's covered by, you know, people who choose to pump sunshine versus you know, be more realistic. But even I can't find the flaws. I, I don't see how you can be disappointed in the soft season. I was so happy that the Royals did not go get a retread higher in the manager's aspect, like they didn't go higher, um, you know, Bruce Bochy as the Rangers did. I was so happy that the Royals took away Dayton Moore's power. So happy that they moved on from their pitching coach, they you know who we all agreed were not was not good, and they even traded away, you know, O'Hearn. Like they got out that guy that we all pointed to and, and kind of uses a scapegoat of like why is he still playing? Why is he still on their roster? They DFA'd him and then got him over to Baltimore. I don't think that there's a single thing on your wish list that you made before Christmas for what the Royals should do. I don't think there's a single thing that is left unchecked on that wish list. So it's exciting. It's exciting to see how this Royals team is taking shape. Because now, it, it, there feels like more of an identity. There's new blood in the, in the front office. There's new blood in the dugout. And it's young blood that you think can make a sustainability and you know a sustainable product and, and implement their own identity in this team. And there's young blood on the field that, that you will see more of. Like you you, should, you, better see more Vinny Pascantino. You better see more Nick Prada. You better see more M.J. Melendez. You better see more uh, Bobby Witt Jr. And then we'll see what happens with Alberto Montessi. Can he ever play again? Who knows? You still have Salvador Perez. still have Nicky Lopez. still have a few other guys down on the farm that you haven't called up yet. That's not to mention... The ones that we saw in in brief uh, spurts, like a Drew Walters. So it's going to be fun. It might not result in a ton of winning, but it's going to be fun to watch this team and understand that there is direction, there is guidance. It felt like the last few years the Royals were trying to jump the shark. Their eyes got wide because of the pandemic season, where, oh gosh, almost anyone could make it in a 60-game season. Their eyes got wide because the playoffs expanded, right? And now this year, it seems like they're being more realistic. Well, don't cut corners. Don't try to shoehorn in McBroom and Do You think that they're more ready to win baseball games. Don't try to shoehorn in Hunter Dozier. Like, it's not about winning. It's about getting these guys ready to win. And in the process, if you pick up some games and surprise some folks, like Baltimore did last year, that's perfectly fine. That's great. That's excellent. But make sure that this season is focused upon winning. It's focused upon developing young players. And that would be your version of winning. So I want to talk about the baseball offseason as a whole. It feels like a lot of people who cover baseball nationally have spent the last three years leeching on to every negative aspect of the game and that's just the people that i've seen the content i've consumed feels very negative it feels driven in a negative way against major league baseball every decision that they make is wrong everything that they every way that they handle something is wrong every date on the calendar is wrong oh they released the, the gold glove award on a tuesday afternoon or a monday night football game whenever they did it So wrong and barbaric. Everything's wrong. By the way, you probably can't name the Gold Glove team. So, like, I don't know why we spent that whole week complaining about when a a list of names was dropped by Major League Baseball. I feel like they got this offseason right, though. I did find it hilarious that before the offseason started that the entire baseball world was freaking out about Stephen Cohn saying whatever he said about you know not crossing that line of signing Judge, and the baseball world freaking out about Aaron Judge is not going to get the money he's deserving, and Aaron Judge actually ends up taking less money than he was offered. But past that, I felt like this offseason had a ton of drama. This offseason had a ton of ups and downs, had a, had a short order of sequence, right? So like the, the beautiful thing about the NBA offseason, free agency opens on, on, on July 1st at midnight, and at 12.01 Eastern Standard Time, there are five NBA deals released. And you can call it tampering, you can call it whatever, doesn't matter, but, but for the sake of the fan, okay, for the sake of the fan, they can anticipate that night, they can anticipate that day, and know for a fact something will happen. And I felt like this year baseball did a much better job of, of making something happen in short order of the offseason beginning. The hot stove got heated up early, and it stayed hot all throughout this week even, where you're seeing now this week. Uh, Carlos Correa signs with his this third team of the offseason. He signed with the Giants. Physical failed. Signed with the Mets. Physical failed. Signed back with the Twins now. And it seems like everything's going okay. So is back with the Twins. Turner changing teams. You have a ton of different player movement that I think was very good for the game. Aaron Judge stays back with New York and becomes a captain for the Yankees, which is a big deal for you know the national Seed of baseball. Like, but the, but the, remember the judge thing had that whole arson judge moment where we thought he was going to go to San Francisco. So I, I just think that this off felt more close to the NBA off season, which I think does the best job of any off season. in terms of creating content for their fans, creating moments for their fans, and baseball did that as baseball did that very well this off season. And the, the reason I want baseball to do that is, as I mentioned, they have the shortest off season in all of sports. If the playoffs go long, you might play the World Series Game Seven on November fifth. Okay, you crown your you crown your champion. You do some debrief of the season. Well, then it's Thanksgiving. Then nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to focus on anything but their families, the holidays, et cetera. It's Thanksgiving. Then you've got that three-week portion before Christmas where I think that a lot of moves, boom, 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 trades, signings, everything should happen in between that moment. Give you something to talk about during the holidays, right? You have the winter meetings, so you can look forward to a date on the calendar like July 1st. It's not going to be as kind of dry as that in the MLB, but you look forward to, okay, I know from now on at the winter meetings things will happen. Then the winter meetings happens, Christmas happens, you get on the other side of the holidays around this time. And now you're you're decompressing. Whoa, what just, what all happened? What moves have I missed in the Major League Baseball offseason? Right? Well, who's going where? And then you get one more little push, hopefully, of like a, a late signing, like Carlos Correa's deal just now got solved. So today on on January twelfth, we just now realized where Carlos Correa is going. Okay. Now we're a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So you see how that content got stretched out and how that, that baseball being in the life cycle of sports and the news cycle of sports and the subconscious of sports fans got spread out from February all the way through January. Because we just now had a story about Carlos Correa. We crowned the champion in November. In December, there was the winter meetings and it had you know a slew of activity. And then in February, crank it back up for spring training, which puts you back in the cycle. There's going to be injuries, sadly. There's going to be teams that that have high expectations. There's going to be bulletin board material thrown out there as well. Like, it's going to have everything that you crave and you desire. So I think that that's why it's so important for baseball not to have these off-seasons that linger where Bryce Harper is signing whenever spring training is already underway. And I feel like they got it right this year. With the tempo, with the pace of, of signings, with the with the spacing of trades, it felt right this year. It felt like they maximized their potential. They maximized their ability to steal headlines in their offseason. That's what the NBA does. That's what the NFL does. And the NFL is in their offseason here in a couple of weeks, you know, a couple of months, you know, a couple of weeks, I should say, because the Super Bowl is going to be February, like, what, 18th or whatever. So after the Super Bowl, well, then you are going to get excited for free agency, and then the draft is such a big deal in March, and then they're going to be right back at training camp in July. The NBA, same thing. You know, their, their season's not going to end until, you know, June. And three days after the season ends, there's the draft. And then July 1st happens, there's free agency. And then the week after the 4th of July, a couple of days after the 4th of July, there's summer league where you get to see all these, you know, highly talented draft prospects play on the floor in Vegas on television, on ESPN. Stealing those headlines away from baseball, stealing those headlines away from other sports. So other sports do it to baseball. It's time for baseball to do it to them, and I think that they did this this season. I think that they did this offseason in a brilliant way. And I think that the rule changes this upcoming year. are going to be great for baseball and great for recapturing fans to baseball. I think baseball is heading in the right direction, which I, I don't see a lot of that sentiment being shared across baseball Forums. On tomorrow's show, we're going to be joined by Javier Reyes, and we're going to talk about baseball by and large and the Royals' expectations for this year. We're also going to do this week best, worst, and most likely case scenarios for the for the Kansas City Royals in this season. So it'll be a lot of fun. Tune in for that. We are locked on Royals, your podcast every single day for your team. However, as a note, of course, for the off season, it's down to three days a week, but. Whenever Pitching and Catchers Report, we're back up to five days a week. So subscribe right now, wherever you get your podcasts from. And until then, be good and be good to one another.